Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, are you like me when you, after coming back from like a long trip, the next day, all you want to do is just stay in bed till about 3 p.m. and then figure out what you want to do from there? That's totally what I want to do. And that's totally never what happens. <laughs> but yes, I have that desire. It's just mm-hmm. for, for all the events that we go to and all the other things that we attend, tastings, dinners, all that stuff. There are just days where I, I just like, man, when is the next free day? And I just don't want to do anything. I don't, I love my friends. I love you guys, but I just want to like lay in bed till about 12 PM then get up and see what's in the refrigerator and just eat and then and binge Netflix till about 8 p.m. until, you know, something else happens or I end up watching a movie. <laughs> that's oh, a, yeah. That's kind of like my ideal veg day. Well, I was like totally jealous of you when you said like Saturday you got out of bed at 2.30. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> that's my dream. That's my dream. Nelson's living my dream. <laughs> I'm, still answering e- I'm still answering emails. Just it's, in bed. Still, just in bed. Just in bed. <laughs> I know. Totally jealous. Totally agree with you. Um, It's hard to come across that downtime and, you know, balance work and family and all that other stuff. Um, It gets gets to be a bit much sometimes. Don't get us wrong. It's still first world problems that we're talking about right Mm -hmm. here. So, (laughs) well, welcome to our show. Welcome to Seattle Foodie Podcast. For everyone that's listening out there, thank you so much. This is episode 41. As we were just talking, it's been a long week full of food stuff. Monica, we made a trip out to Eastern Washington, which was crazy, but fun. (laughs) Let's start our recap with that, shall we? For sure. I've never actually spent a lot of time in Eastern Washington. I've pretty much been to Spokane once and flew in and out to speak at a conference. So this was actually, I I don't know if I told you, my first sort of venture into Eastern Washington where I hung out for a little while. You and I got to head out to Eastern Washington for the Explore Beef Experience with the Washington State Beef Commission. And we were educated on the beef life cycle and given tours of a cow-calf farm, feedlot, and a packing plant. We also had a bus tour of a dairy And some highlights for me included uh, understanding a little bit better the role of technology and science and processes, uh, hearing from veterinarians, and also getting to talk to people in the industry and ask the hard questions that uh, I had about uh, how food is produced. What were some of the highlights for you, Nelson? I think, Monica, going to the calf-to-cow ranches and the farms and just noticing that they always have a veterinarian on staff. Mm -hmm. One of the big things that they really talk about is low stress on the cattle. Mm -hmm. So they're always really emphasizing low stress. So trying to to keep the cattle from any illnesses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So they're as healthy as possible Mm -hmm. for the cattle. And I think that's the most important take-home message I got throughout the... Mm -hmm one and a half days that we were there and they took really really good care of their livestock just constantly monitoring each cow Mm -hmm. i think that's that's kind of my take-home message yeah for sure i mean i i learned a lot and i I learned a lot, even though I didn't realize I had some questions, you know, as I was reflecting before we went. And so I really appreciated an open conversation about that. And like you said, just the care that goes into how much they try to do a good job and, you know, of course, produce healthy cattle. I admit, I didn't know what to expect heading into this whole tour and going through it. I came out of it, which is really educated. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was, it's good. The Washington State Beef Commission did a really, really great job on educating us mm-hmm. and informing us of everything about Washington beef and how it's raised. For sure. Yeah, very they, impressed. They put a lot of thought into the flow of the experience and they thought that it worked well for telling a story from start to finish. And we had like a really full agenda, especially on the first day. I mean, starting 7.15 in the morning in Ellensburg and ending that night in Richland around 10 p.m. Um, overall, really tired, but I'm, I'm glad I went and I feel like I learned a lot more about the industry. And I think it was important because I'm not from here. You know, I mean, I'm from Hawaii, so I, I have to admit that I didn't know a lot about um, what happens here. And so I appreciated the opportunity. Definitely. And the best part, I got to reunite with one of my old high school friends from (laughs) Issaquah High School. The most, Monica, our food adventures take us to a lot of places and we meet a lot of people. But one of the, I think the ultimate highlight for me is running into my old friend, Danny DeFranco. Mm -hmm. And we graduated in 97 and he's now the executive vice president at Washington Cattlemen's Association. And so him and I, we got to catch up and he went along with the majority of the tour too as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really great. He owns his own ranch and it was so neat to see him look at the whole experience too as well Mm -hmm. because he's never done a lot of ventured out and checked out the other ranches and Mm -hmm. the farms and whatnot. And it was just really, really awesome to see. Yeah, every time I turned around, you two were talking and catching up. And so I was just like, ooh. I haven't seen him in over 22 plus years. So it's crazy. So Fun yeah. times. Yeah. Um, okay, so Nelson, do you have a recap for us? I do. I actually have two because we just came back from them. And the first one was out in the International District, Foodie Avengers Assemble. I guess that's how I would call it, Monica, because <laughs> it literally, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Endgame, everybody comes out to the whole thing. So uh, this is kind of like what it was because there is, I don't know, over 25 plus Seattle foodies on hand, but Iron Steak out in the International District invited a lot of Seattle foodies to check out some of their many main menu items. Their sizzling platters are what you really get there, right, Monica? Yes, absolutely. And we've checked out the one in Redmond. Mm -hmm. And the last time I got the surf and turf, but they brought out a lot of the other platters. And I really liked the pork belly and the shrimp Alfredo. And they had chicken wings. And we've had the chicken wings before and I like them. And of course, everyone loves the Iron Sunday. You mm-hmm. always have to get that if you're ever at Iron Steak. Mm-hmm. Monica, what do you think of uh, Iron Steak and what did you like today? In addition to going to the Redmond one, I've actually been to the Chinatown one as well. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm never going for a tasting where I get to taste a bunch of different things like I did today. And I agree with you. Like, I hadn't had the pork belly before. I like the size that they were cut in. I thought that they were a great size for eating and really flavorful. I also like the uh, pork chop bao buns. Those were kind of fun. Is you know, a pork chop sandwich, pretty much. Um, and I think those are just available during the week, um, which is why I could usually never get them. And I also had never had the shrimp Alfredo. So it was really nice to have some noodles in there because I usually just eat rice. So the noodles were really refreshing and fun to eat. And also uh, just shout out to Seattle Foodie Adventure for organizing and for the staff who work so hard to serve all of us. Like so grateful. Can't even say how much work they did. Yeah, very grateful for the Iron Steak staff and Seattle Foodie Adventure. Again, I cannot express how much effort goes into organizing these type of foodie events. 
And so the the type of effort in that Seattle Foodie Adventure did to put everyone together and to get everyone all organized, kudos to him. I have much respect for mm-hmm. him for doing for organizing all of for that. For sure. And then we had a little bit of an hour break because we had to get over to Westlake Mall, Monica, <laughs> for round two. Round two, we all migrated over to Westlake. I'm excited for this. I've been anticipating going here. Matcha Cafe Maiko. I've been wanting to go here for quite some time after the opening hype wore off. Mm-hmm. And it didn't disappoint. They were so gracious enough to invite all of us foodies again. They were featuring all their matcha items. Mm-hmm. It's you always need matcha. I if do. you've never <laughs> if you've never been, you'll want to probably get the golden matcha soft serve ice cream and then upgrade it to the shogun matcha so they put that nice little gold leaf on your soft serve for about four dollars more. Monica, like I said, they put actual gold leaf, like 24 karat gold leaf on there. So how fancy is that? Very fancy. So fancy I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I did. But, I uh, super extra. Super duper yeah. extra, not just extra. <laughs> <laughs> just super duper. That's about right. Super, du- super duper duper. Super duper duper. <laughs> Besides the soft serve, if, if you've been there, maybe if you've gotten the soft serve before, there are other things to get, like the shaved ice. They also have a Maiko special, which is kind of like a parfait. And there's like, they put cake in the bottom of it and, mm-hmm. then, and then top it off with soft serve. There's also beverages like frappes, lattes, and then there's other drinks with, this is what I got, Kokuto jelly. Mm-hmm. And I just looked this up, Monica. I, apparently, Kokuto is a type of brown sugar in Japan. Mm-hmm. At Matcha Cafe Michael, they created it in jelly form. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I had no idea what I was eating, but it was so good. Wasn't it <laughs> I had good? to look it up afterwards. It was like, yeah, it was. Um, it had the texture of soft coffee jelly, but that brown sugar flavor. Because I also mm-hmm. had it in my drink, and I had a hojicha latte. And so I think I might have mentioned on the show before, I like hojicha, which is a roasted green tea so it's got a um earthier nuttier flavor than matcha whereas matcha is like bitter um i like both of them but sometimes um, whenever i find hojicha i try to have it because not every place serves it and um, i also got um the vanilla matcha swirl and i have to say that the the flavor the matcha flavor is very deep uh, their matcha i believe is imported from kyoto so mm-hmm. um you know it comes with a very distinctive flavor yeah, the, I really appreciate that because there's a lot of times where we go and get matcha and it's very, very faint and you can yeah. barely taste the matcha. And For this sure. one was very, very distinct, as you said. Yeah. And also, you know, they, they, I think they've already started serving bubble waffles um, mm-hmm. and I expect that'll get more consistent over time. And then also um, taiyaki. I didn't realize that they're going to have taiyaki yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. They are located conveniently by the Seattle monorail in Westlake Mall. So if you're going to go and make a trip out there, might as well go across the Seattle Center too as well. Mm-hmm. Monica, that's pretty much all our recaps that we got. Let's head into the events, shall we? Yes. Events. All right. I'm going to start it off because on Monday, Chef Shoda, we all know Chef Shoda Adana. He is celebrating their four-year anniversary of opening his first restaurant. Previously, the restaurant for Adana used to be called Naka mm-hmm. before they kind of changed it. And... But so those total four years now, they're doing a celebration in honor. They are throwing a party at Adana and they'll be serving free food, live music from a DJ, a photo booth. We love photo booths. Oh, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And booze, beer and bubbles will be available to purchase as well. The event is from 830 p.m. to midnight 
and no ticket purchase is necessary, but just go onto their Facebook site so you can RSVP for that. And that mm-hmm. is tomorrow night, Monday from 830 to midnight. Mm-hmm. Or if you're listening this morning, it is going to be tonight. Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I can't believe it's been four years. I know. I It just felt like I was watching him on Food Network right. battling Iron Chef yeah. on Iron Chef America. And yeah. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's four years now. It's right. so crazy. So yeah. Crazy. Getting ready to open another restaurant too, but that's another story for another that's podcast. Another, that's another podcast. <laughs> All right. And Monica, what do you have for us? Well, let's see. I have Pike Place Market Producers Market. So Pike has a new after hours event and they're also celebrating Pride Month on Thursday, June 27th from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. So there's going to be over 25 artist tables, live music, a Pride themed photo op, food and a beer garden. And also, if you spend $25 or more with the craft vendors, you'll receive a free tote bag so nelson this event is actually held in the market front pavilion which is the expansion so um i I don't know if you've been to the previous ones that they used to hold at night um but i haven't been to the new one so i'm kind of looking forward to it i mean have you been to the expansion out there i've been to the expansion just daytime taking out friends and people from out of state just to kind of check it out but i've never seen it in night form though so that'd be interesting to kind of see it all closed down and see what it looks like in the nighttime for sure uh, the food lineup includes favorites like Suge's Soda Fountain, Seattle Kombucha Company, and Yuli's Famous Sausage. And basically, this producer's market is on the last Thursday of the month through September at the Market Front Pavilion. So sounds like a great deal, great chance to see the market at night, um, watch the sunset right off that pavilion. What a great summer day. Yes, definitely a fun showcase. Mm-hmm. And... I think I can spend $25 to get that free tote bag. Yeah. I don't know about you. You love tote bags. <laughs> Nelson loves the tote bags, you guys. Sorry, I, I do a lot of shopping at Whole Foods and PCC and Trader Joe's. <laughs> I, I, I buy a lot of food. I need I need all those tote I know I need as much tote bags as I can get. <laughs> I have so many tote bags. <laughs> okay, Nelson, uh, what's another event we're looking forward to? Well, speaking of Seattle Pride Month, this the last weekend of June. It's always Seattle Pride Weekend, mm-hmm. so it's coming up. And in honor of the Seattle Pride Parade and all the events celebrating LGBTQ+, there will be several food places that will be celebrating Seattle Pride. Monica, I just want to tell people: make sure whoever you're following on Instagram, all of your local bakeries and eateries, make sure you check to see what they're doing in case they're doing something special. Mm-hmm. So. So far this year, Blazing Bagels has the Rainbow Pride Bagel you can purchase. As we mentioned in our last show, Salt and Straw is having the Skittles flavor ice cream for the last weekend in honor of Pride Pride Weekend. Mm -hmm. And I recall last year and several years ago, Dahlia Bakery did a Rainbow rainbow Cake Slices that sell out real fast. So Mm -hmm. you might want to get that early. And I think Cupcake Royale did Mm -hmm. something too as well. Yeah. So make sure you guys check out your Instagram and see what kind of Seattle Pride Week specials they're doing. For sure. And for Pride Weekend, don't forget about two large festivals. So Pride Fest Capitol Hill is on the 29th from 12 p.m. to 9 p.m. And it's at Seattle Center on the 30th from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. And generally speaking, in those neighborhoods, you'll be able to find a lot of Pride specials as well. Um, It's a really exciting time of year and really worthy of celebration in our city. I think it's a really great time to support all those local restaurants that support LGBTQ. 
Yes. And a great way to do that, if you guys are looking for an easy way to find out which businesses to support, is to go through Intentionalist. So Intentionalist has an Instagram page, but they also have a website where they categorize LGBTQ-owned uh, businesses. And so if you're looking for one-stop shopping, that might be a great resource for you if you want to see how you intentionally spend your money. Laura and the Intentionalist are awesome. Make sure you sign up for her newsletter so they send it out to you. For sure. Okay. Monica, what else we got? We have an event that's near and dear to my heart. Um, yes, mine too as well. Yours too as well. <laughs> um, Dragon Fest. Dragon Fest has a lot of memories for me. I've lived in Seattle for a really long time, and I think this is probably one of the festivals that I've attended consistently every year, probably since I got here. And so this year, what's important to note is that Dragon Fest is only one day. It used to be a two-day festival. So on Saturday... June 29th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., Dragon Fest returns to Seattle's International District. So organizers have mentioned on the Facebook page that things are changing to focus more on the community and small businesses in the Chinatown International District. I'm not really sure what that means because there's no lineup posted, but they assure us we'll be able to still enjoy food booths, craft booths, activities for kids, live entertainment, and the famous Nelson $3 food walk. Have you been on that yeah. food walk? I have been on that $3 yes. food walk. Yes. Lots of food to eat. Lots <laughs> of food. Yep. And it's always a good time. And I think, you know, generally the weather's usually really great. I think it's only rained once when I was there. But uh, the $3 food walk, I think it's a really great way for people who want to explore the food in Chinatown International District um, who otherwise wouldn't. I mean, I think it's an easy way to, you know, identify dishes on a map and just you know go to them and it's low pressure and like everything's ready for you it's really fast and there's lots of other people doing it because i've had a lot of folks mention to me over the last six months that um sometimes if you know they're not asian they feel intimidated by going and trying some of the food and just just try it out it's a great great way to do it yes and there are tons of entertainment that's non-food as well mm -hmm. there's lion dance there's chinese traditional dancing there's a cosplay contest for sakurakan uh, there's a noodle eating contest monica how are we not <laughs> entered into this yet right. Right. more competitive eating because yeah. i lost the burger challenge that i was right in right came in third out of three people <laughs> martial arts demonstration yeah. i mean there's a there's a lot of fun things i mean throughout the day i mean the entertainment starts from 11 a.m and goes till 6 30 p.m so for sure I mean, there's there's so many things that you can start with they have and they haven't said it but generally the lion dance is at 11 a.m so try to get there on time so you yeah. don't miss that that exactly everything off yeah and then they also started off at the beginning with a, a dragon boat race right don't they do that too hmm. as well yeah, I think that's part of uh, Seafair. Um, but I think that you're right. Maybe it is that weekend as well. I feel like I did that during a Dragon Fest, but because mm. um, I participated in one of those. But oh, wow. um, I can't remember. But cool. anyway. So yeah. many talents, a... Nelson, that I don't know about. <laughs> so, yeah, I, lots of things I don't want you to know about. Nelson the Dragon Ball. Yeah. That was fun, though. It's fun. Me and 20 other people. Just 20 other people? Rowing, rowing boats. That's, yeah. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from Dragon Fest, I got a bourbon cocktail competition for you, Monica, in Belltown at Branchwater, which is located 2219 4th Avenue. They are having a bourbon battle on Tuesday night from 530 to 8 p.m. 
Bartenders from all over Seattle will be competing to make the best cocktails using Rebel Yell Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And they'll be serving small bites as well. So you want to make sure to check it out at Branchwater. This sounds like a lot of fun. I'm. It does. I like cocktail competitions. Yeah, I've never been to Branchwater, so yeah. Me neither. That's Me neither. Really how is how is that possible? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Are, are you, is it just me or am I imagine? Am I the only one imagining like Tom Cruise and cocktail and like throwing like, <laughs> bottles in the air behind their back and then like and singing I don't know hippie hippie shake or whatever yeah. it is and things first like all, that right? First of all, I don't know if half our listeners have heard of the movie Cocktail or Tom Cruise, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> but I Monica, I, they I still they still play Kokomo, so people have to know what came, where that song came <laughs> from, right? I mean, that, that Beach Boys with Uncle Jesse playing the drums in the back. I mean, people have to know what Kokomo is, right? I guess we'll find out after the show airs. Okay. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, but check it out, Branchwater, Urban Battle. All right, Monica, that's pretty much it for the events. Normally this doesn't happen, but we have several events on the weekdays, which is really good. Yeah. Because I like to distribute our, the events and let listeners know that you don't have to do stuff always on the weekend. Yeah. There's always a lot of weekday stuff that you can check out. For sure. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, what are we going to do with the rest of our time, Nelson? Well, this is kind of fun. Monica, every time we, we try to make an emphasis that on during our milestone episodes, like every fifth episode, the 40th or the 35th, we try to do something special. But our 40th episode, we, we didn't get a chance to. So I thought we would do it for the 41st episode. Oh, cool. And Monica, it's summertime as we keep emphasizing the last couple of weeks. Is it? it is the summertime. <laughs> is it? And I thought it would be fun to talk about some of our favorite dishes for the, that you can eat during the summer at uh, restaurants in anywhere in the greater Seattle area. Mm. So you and I kind of created a top six what to eat list and we each got three mm-hmm. to talk about. You want to start it off or you want me to start it off? Why don't you start it off? Because okay. I'm really interested in your list. Yeah. Let me talk about the first one. I just ate this. I think last week, mm-hmm. and I am talking about the rotisserie porchetta at Sawyer in Ballard. Mm. Okay. As I mentioned, my friends and I last week all agree this was probably the best thing we had at Sawyer. The rotisserie porchetta was the juiciest and tender meat I've had in a while. Chef Mitch Mayer is a genius out in Sawyer. I mean, I, I am so excited to go back to this place. And you know me, uh, there's a lot of places like doesn't really wow me like that in Seattle. Hmm. It sounds delicious. I mean, I've been wanting to go to Soria too, so I'm glad you and your friends got to go. Don't worry, Monica. We're going to go together. Hashtag not a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go out and, and check it out because I do want to try out a lot of their other items on the menu <laughs> too as well. But the rotisserie pork candle, let's go back to that. It's served with a house brioche flatbread, chimichurri, anchovy hazelnut remoulade, mm. and pickles. What you do is you, you put the pickles at the bottom, a chunk of that nice, delicious golden brown porchetta, and then you do the chimichurri and you kind of make it like a little sandwich bite to it mm-hmm. with that flatbread. Mm-hmm. Perfect. But I actually just like it. Just put the chimichurri on there and I just melt it in my mouth. And the fattiness from the porchetta just kind of melts in your mouth like that. You know, I'm really interested in the anchovy in this flavor profile because that's what's intriguing to me. I'm just like, how does mm-hmm. that go with it? Yeah, it gives us this nice little extra saltiness to mm-hmm. it cool. I, I, I enjoy it so yeah 
That's I'm going to start it off with that one. Okay. So how about you, Monica? Tell us about what you're going to lead off with. Well, um, I'm a fan of desserts. So it's no surprise that two of my three are sweets. Um, it's also no surprise that two of three of them are street food vendors. I'm going to lead off with the everything bagel donut at Chin Up Donuts. So Chin Up doesn't have a Bricks location. They do pop-up markets, weddings, and they have this yellow donut trike now, and catering and special deliveries. And they're working on a permanent location, so be on the lookout for that. So the everything bagel donut, it's really simple, a vanilla glaze topped with uh, the right amount of everything bagel seasoning. And I say the right amount because too much can overdo it. And it was a really um, nostalgic donut for me in terms of just the donut itself. It just seemed really classic with a modern twist. Uh, the texture was just right when I bit into it. It was soft, but a little resistant. And the batter was mildly sweet, which was complemented by the glaze. And then altogether, like the saltiness just brought it all home. And that led me to like, look at their menu. And I'm just really interested in trying some of these other flavors, like whoa wasabi, a sweet and spicy wasabi glaze topped with ginger infused caramel drizzle. I'm just like, I want that. And here's one for you, Nelson, all the single berries. <laughs> Vanilla glaze yeah. with sliced strawberries topped with crumbled goat cheese. So <laughs> this is my latest <laughs> thing. And I'll be looking for chin up all summer to try and eat as much as I can. Uh, have you tried their donuts, Nelson? I have not. Where did you say they popped up before? Um, so they they pop up, you know, at really interesting places. Um, I actually saw them at Bacon, Eggs, and Kegs this weekend. And they were on uh -huh. my list to try. And so with events like that, what I do is I always go for the food first because I, I'm, I'm not a noob. I know how the game works. So I will go for the food first, knowing that I'll get my food really quickly and not have to wait in really long lines. And then I'll go drink. <laughs> but, but Chin Up has been on my list for a long time. And so they do, um, they do online ordering. It's really easy to order. And I think Pickup is in South Lake Union. So I think I'm going to be ordering some to try out some of these interesting flavors. Yeah, the wasabi sounds really interesting. Right? And uh, yeah, all the single berries. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking strawberry shortcake bagels mm -hmm. with the saltiness from the goat cheese. Yeah. I love, I love putting goat cheese on anything. Right? It's just, Me too. Yeah. I love it. Salads, salads, uh, <laughs> goat cheese on my steaks, the things like that. I, yeah. I love goat cheese milkshake. I got it. <laughs> goat cheese milkshake. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little full of black. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not quite, but uh, maybe it'll be an LA trend. I don't know. Maybe. Goat cheese milkshakes. All yeah. right. Well, what's your next one, Nelson, that you want to tell our listeners okay. about? Okay. I don't know how many people have heard about Breezy Town Pizza, but I'm. This is this is. I, I thought maybe a good pizza would be hmm. a good thing on our list. So, <laughs> the Breezy Town Pizza in Beacon Hill is serving 12 inch pan deep dish pizza pies. These are pizza pies, not pizza slices. We're not talking about New York slices. We're mm -hmm. talking about deep dish pan pies. Mm -hmm. So, and they and the best thing about all of their pizza pies, they've got the caramelized cheese edge that you will just die for, Monica. Mm. For their pizza, the best pizza in my opinion is really simple. It's the pepperoni paint job. It's Wisconsin brick and mozzarella blend, baked in pepperoni, red sauce, and then crispy pepperoni on top. Monica, as I mentioned, it's so simple, but so good. I think just the crust, the caramelized crust that you get from that pan, I, I think that's perfect. And it's one of my favorite pizzas in Seattle. Like so good. I will drive all the way out from Issaquah to Beacon Hill just for like a slice or even a whole pie. If uh, other friends will join me. And uh, I just discovered from 
our friend Life of Jess, because she just went there on Monday. It is karaoke night. Are you serious? Oh, oh my gosh. Karaoke and pizza? Let's do it. Know, Let's go. I know you didn't get your karaoke on Friday, so or did you? Uh, or did no, you? No, I, I did not. Yeah. No. But they're they played some great songs on Friday night though. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting. And and that's on Monday nights? Monday nights, yeah. Oh. Monday nights at Breezy Town. Okay. Well, you yeah. guys know where to find Nelson on Monday nights. Yeah. All right, Monica, what what do you got? Let's see. Sort of, you know, when you're talking about pizza, what I was thinking is pizza is just one of those things where you can appreciate during the summer. Like I can imagine myself sitting on the beach with like a pizza and like just, you know, everything tastes better at the beach. Or I can also imagine myself eating it during the winter um, Mm -hmm. and and being really comforting, like somebody bringing it home so I don't have to leave the house and stay in my jammies. I kind of think about steak that way too, where steak is like one of those things that it's all year round, but it definitely makes you feel different depending on what time of year it is. So like steak in the summer makes me think about grilling and I like grilling, but honestly, (laughs) sometimes it's just too much work, especially when it gets hot. So the next item on my list is a Zabuton steak from Kokaku. So I live in North Seattle and I'm not really sure why it took me so long to visit this restaurant. Uh, I ate there recently and my entire meal was excellent and I believe reasonably priced. Um, So it wasn't restaurant week or anything like that, paid full price. My focus today is on the Zabuton steak and it's an eight ounce Kobe American Wagyu cut and it's everything I want in a steak and it's cooked perfectly. It comes out sliced on a hot skillet. It's served with roasted garlic, tomato on a bed of onions. And I have to tell you, the meat didn't mean anything. It was perfect the way it was. For $30, I was more than satisfied. And I cannot say enough about them. Like I have been spending a lot of time thinking about making up excuses to go there. Um, But you know, (laughs) I kind of want to go by myself, not take anybody else. And that's Uh, kind of weird, weird, you know, when you're just like, yeah, I'm just, no, don't just eat without me. I'll, I'll be fine. And then like sitting down in a restaurant, like, you know, gorging myself on steak but it's super yeah. good and it- i'm weird i'm weird with you monica <laughs> I, I, sometimes i just like to go by myself and just yeah. to enjoy a steak totally too, so. because it's just one of those things where sometimes you just want to savor that experience and i know you've been to kokaku before and, and mm-hmm. so you've tried some of their steak as well I'm not sure if you've had this one I have not personally had the Zabuton steak. I went during Seattle Restaurant Week mm-hmm. personally. And yeah, you are totally right because the steak, the Kobe steak that I had yeah. was cooked perfectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had I had an eight ounce Wagyu steak mm-hmm. as well. It was probably one of the best Seattle Restaurant Week experiences I've had yeah. just because the steak was just cooked so perfectly. Like there's so many times where I will ask, I was like, what would you like it? How would you like it cooked? And I was like, medium rare. And it comes out and I was like, this is medium well. <laughs> yeah. Who, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like there's I can barely see any red. And I said medium rare. So and as a home cook, that really confuses me. I, I don't know if you remember, but we went to another restaurant week and like the whole table ordered steak and everybody's came out medium rare except mine. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just one of yeah. those things where, you know, you could hold up the table and send it back. And I'm pretty sure I actually did send it back that time. Um, but it's like, you know, I mean it's about timing and it's about touch. Like everybody teaches you like what part of your hand feels like, you know, what, what doneness it is. And so just, Mm -hmm. I'm always super confused by that. But anyway, simple things make us happy. Like a perfectly cooked steak. (laughs) All right, Nelson. So what else do you have for a Well, before we go in uh, again, going back to movie references, (laughs) 
any every time I think of steak and like a beautiful steak and the way it describes it, I think of the movie Matrix when the actor Joey Pantoliano talks to like Agent Smith about what a steak should be like. You know, when they're at the when they're at the steakhouse mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like, I I know what it tastes like and I can imagine what it tastes like. And he just takes a bite and is just like bliss. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for yeah. every time I take a bite. Totally. Yeah. The not- villain, one of one of the villains of Matrix. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to go for. Because <laughs> if not, you could just eat a salad if it didn't matter, right? Right. Right. <laughs> a steak. Exactly. Yeah. I can totally yeah. feel that. <laughs> okay, Monica, we have one more each to tell everyone about. This one, I again, another one I just had recently that I just have to tell everyone about. If you haven't heard about it, uh, Restaurant Homer, for the summertime, everybody wants to eat something cold and you cannot say no to soft serve. Mm-hmm. And the soft serve at Homer is just awesome. They have two flavors that are seasonal on hand. And the last time we I got it, it was the pineapple. And then the other one was an anise hyssop. Uh, I'm sorry if I mispronounced hyssop. But Monica, okay, I'll be honest with you. Star anise with that black licorice flavor mm-hmm. I was really, really skeptical. I was just like, oh, I don't like black licorice. I don't like anything black licorice. But it really worked with the swirl with the pineapple and and these hyssop. Yeah, I mean, this soft serve is amazing and you should get it. And the best part is you don't have to go into Restaurant Homer just to order it. They actually have a walk-up counter that you can just order. So if you're eating somewhere else and you want to grab some dessert or you just want to just stop by anytime on Beacon Hill and just grab some soft serve, you can just walk up to the window and order it. It's perfect for a warm summer day. Well, that's awesome. Sounds great. I mean, I definitely haven't been there, but uh, definitely might check out that soft serve. To be honest, I feel like Seattle is really, really lacking in soft serve. Agree opportunities right they have a lot of ice cream molly moons frankie and joe's kurt farm shop i mean so many names sweet alchemy etc but there isn't a place where i can just like hey you know what's good let's do some let's do some soft serve Mm -hmm. i think it's really hard in the market like if you're in seattle trying to figure out as a frozen treat business how you're going to make money year-round so i think that's a challenge people have to face and figure out Mm -hmm. like what's their strategy around it because even think about like five years ago like how many of those ice cream places were around right i mean ice cream has really sort of grown over the last five years and i think we're going to see the same thing with soft serve is that you know the market's demanding it like we just keep screaming like hey whiz bang bar like we we want it here too (laughs) so i i think you know there might be a shift at some point where we might see more and we welcome that i feel like dairy queen is the only place where i can get the hardened chocolate on my soft serve (laughs) you can also buy the heat crunchy at the store (laughs) Right. And the dilly bar and the dilly bars and dilly all bars. that, but yeah. but Seattle, please do something about that. I, please help us. I, look, I don't. I love going to Dairy Queen and getting my blizzards and my chocolate dip cones, but let's do something a little bit more sophisticated with that. Okay, this is guilty pleasure time. I love going to Dairy Queen and they have the mini blizzards. So I feel like I can line up five of them in different flavors and not feel that guilty because they're so small. Because, <laughs> you know, you know, back before they had that, you had to like commit to a small, but still a small is pretty filling, you know, but the yeah. minis, I feel like I can line five of those up and like get, you know, like chocolate sundae in one, like the Butterfinger in another one. I'm totally fine mm-hmm. with that and not feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> guilty pleasure. <laughs> guilty pleasure. Okay. All right, Monica, let's finish it off. What do you got for our third and final uh, summertime dish you have to get? All right. So this is a new street food vendor at Salt Lake Union Saturday Market this season. So I was there on day one, which is typically what happens. And I tried them on day one. Uh, There are a lot of new vendors this year. So I try to make my rounds. 
This is Thai-inspired sticky rice dessert from Sticky Treats and Sweets. What they do is they pair sticky rice creations with Lopez Island or Pink's ice cream, and then they top it with crispy quinoa and they drizzle it. So you get to choose your sticky rice flavor from coconut, chocolate cardamom, matcha, or Earl Grey. And you can have it like a sundae in a cup, or you can have it as a sandwich inside a sweet roll, which is something they just started doing a few weeks ago. And I have to say that the warm sticky rice is a beautiful contrast to the cold ice cream. And that crispy quinoa gets me every time it adds texture. I'm always looking for texture to make things interesting. And then they drizzle it um, with caramel sauce. And so it just brings it all together. And honestly, it's it's one of the, the hottest things that I've tasted in a while. And I love it. And um, looking forward to eating more of it before the season ends. Mm, sticky rice coconut flavor. That's the one I'm yeah. looking at right now. Yeah. And they were posting a story, um, I think, or maybe it was a post on their Instagram a few days ago. But, you know, this is a family-owned, family-run business. And so uh, they showed... Uh, the owner's mom cooking the sticky rice and I see her every week Aww. at the market and she's there and she's making that sticky rice and they're working it and and there's something to be said about having like warm sticky rice fresh you know and, and honestly I hardly ever make sticky rice because it's a pain in the butt to make so any chance I get to have somebody make it for me I'm all in <laughs> right right again that's the general rule for me if I can't make it I'm getting the dessert holy totally. <laughs> so I'm loving it yeah and respect to Sticky Mom Rice. Sticky Rice Mom. Sticky Rice Mom. We have a new name for her now. Bad, re bad respect for Sticky Rice Mom. Because, because Lord knows I can't make it. Oh, so man. let's do it. And the crispy quinoa, is that just to add it? So when you eat it, it's like, oh, this is healthy? No. It just adds a nice little crunch, you know? And I was thinking about it the first time I had it. Like, like why quinoa? And I never really asked the question. Because, you know, when I go to the market, people are always, like, pulling me to the side trying to talk to me. Um but, you know, I, I should ask the question. I mean, I just assumed it gave the right texture because I have to say it was unique to me in that way. I mean, I don't think mm -hmm. I've ever had ice cream with like fried quinoa on it. I mean, I've had dishes with it in it. Like um, one of my favorite, you know, chunky avocado salads at Fiasco has crispy quinoa, but uh, yeah. I never really had it on ice cream. So I have to say mm -hmm. it is a unique texture. It gives a different feel, yeah. mouthfeel. I do like it because it's got that little crunch mm -hmm. to it. All right, Monica, those are basically our top six things that you should be eating in the summertime. Tag us if you ever, if you're trying any of these dishes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Let us know yeah. what you think. And I like that two of your three dishes are from street vendors. You got to go chase it after them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the chase. I'm all about yes. the chase. And you know, I yes. mean, I, it, it'd be silly to not respect my street food roots. That, that really, that's where I got my start and that's where I'll always be. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much all it for our show for this week. Monica, any lasting remarks? Not at all. 41 episodes, you guys. Um, as Nelson has said, I totally agree. Thank you for tuning in and listening every week. Um, we can't do this without you. We wouldn't be here without you. So grateful that so many of you um, talk to us in many different ways, whether it's by direct message or commenting or, you know, when you see us in person, we love saying hi to folks. So thank you so much. I absolutely concur 100%. It's been a fun ride and really love all of you guys for listening. Monica, we have another road trip coming this week, right? Oh, yes. Another road trip. Teaser, <laughs> teaser. We're going out of town teaser. on some foodie podcast business. Yeah, some more business. Business. So... 
Yeah. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.